Hello, and welcome to SaaS Marketing Insights, the show where we ask SaaS founders, CEOs, marketers, and investors about the lessons they've learned in their quest to grow their companies. My name is Paul Stevenson, and I'm founder and CEO of SaaS Marketing Agency, 47 Insights. On today's show, I have an interview with Jeff Roberts, co-founder at Outsetter. Hope you enjoy it. Jeff Roberts, co-founder at uh, Outsetter in San Diego. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Paul. So um, we didn't meet each other at MicroConf uh, for various reasons, but uh, we connected on LinkedIn uh, afterwards. And uh, the more I found out about you, the more I thought you'd be a great person to have on the show. So um, so do you want to start off by telling us um, what Outsetta is? Absolutely. Um, so what we're working on at Outsetta uh, is we're trying to build what we hope becomes the de facto tech stack uh, for an early stage SaaS business. So there's this growing population of self-funded software entrepreneurs, bootstrappers, indie hackers, makers, those sorts of people. Uh, and typically they're, they're doing the same things when it comes to buying software. They're going out and they're buying a CRM system, they're going to buy some sort of subscription billing and management tools, uh, and then a series of what I'll broadly call customer communication tools. So email, uh, marketing automation, help desk tools, live chat tools. So we're bringing all that functionality together into a single platform uh, focused specifically on an early stage SaaS business. Wow, that's uh, quite a product to build with uh, so much functionality. I mean, I guess what you're having to work out is, you know, what are the really crucial uh, bits of functionality that you need early stage, I guess. Sure. Yeah, there's lots of studies out there that have looked at, as a SaaS startup grows, how many tools they're typically using. Uh, and, it schools, and it scales very, very quickly from, you know, three, four, five tools at a very, very early stage company to 20 or 30 as a, you know, company gets towards five or $10 million in revenue. Um, and we talked to a lot of companies at an early stage and, and just sort of found a common denominator with billing CRM and then tools required to basically support and grow your customer base. So it is undeniably uh, a very large product. Um, but I think the good thing is going into building the product. Uh, we knew that the needs for the tools that we're building have already been validated. We're not building anything new and revolutionary, we're, we're building software categories that have existed for a long time. Um, and while it is, you know, quite a, a tool set of tools that we're, we're building, the other thing is when you're building for an earlier stage company, um, there's a lot less complexity. And, um, you know, as companies typically move up market, they're building um, features and functionality to support larger companies that, frankly, we don't need to build. Uh, and, and likewise, um, we don't spend any time really building integrations with other tools because we're delivering the set of tools fully integrated from the get-go uh, that we think an early-stage SaaS business needs. So how far um, are you into this, uh, th this process? Uh, and you know, who else is involved? Your co-founder, how many other people are involved at the moment? Yeah, so we're two and a half years into to building the company. Um, we've had a paid product in the market for about a year now. Uh, and the time prior to that, um, was just straight product development from my two co-founders, 
Uh, their names are Dimitri and Dave, um, and they're our, our product team. Uh, I handle basically everything else, so sales, marketing, customer success, um, some business operations type of stuff. Uh, and I've been focused, you know, prior to the actual paid product hitting the market, largely on content marketing, just helping us uh, build an audience and the audience that we have today. Um, but at this point, having a paid product in the market, um, you know, we're sort of focused on growth for the first time. Well, so um, as I understand it, your background is in uh, growth for SaaS anyway. You you had a, or still have a, a consultancy doing that. So um, a seemingly a, an easy thing to for you to do. So uh, if I heard you correctly, what you're saying is you got started on marketing before you had anything built? Yes, uh, we actually started writing code uh, and building our audience basically the, the, on the same day, two and a half years ago. Um, we knew that content marketing is something particularly in an industry as, as uh, competitive as, as SaaS and, and marketing technology, um, where it was gonna take us a long time to really feel the impact of our content marketing efforts. And to be frank, it, it probably took us 12 to 18 months to really start to feel our, our, our content and see it in our organic traffic. Uh, but today, you know, we've, we've seen an increasing number of signups for the product every month and about three quarters of them are people who initially found us from our content. So I'm happy we started so soon. Yeah, that sounds uh, like you put a great deal of forethought into, into what you were doing. Um, so, you know, with that in mind, is content marketing the the only aspect of marketing that you're doing? I mean, I guess if you're at MicroConf, you were, you were yeah. there to uh, network and meet people as well. Uh, you know, what other channels and strategies uh, have you been looking at? Or is it very much 80-20 rule, 80% content marketing? Um, we're definitely looking at a number of other strategies. Um, I would say in the first two and a half years of building the company, um, a, a major pillar of what we've done has been content marketing, um, largely because of my own personal background. Uh, I have a writing background and uh, hopefully something resembling experience in, in content marketing. Um, but we've also just been focused on other sort of what I would call free strategies or unpaid strategies. Um, so I've done quite a bit of email prospecting to date. Um, you know, cert certainly we do some, some social me media marketing. Um, but actually, we're just at the point now where we're starting to make greater investments uh, or, or, or paid efforts um, towards growth. So microconference, for example, was our, our first conference that we've attended um, as a company and in invested in as a company. And we've started running some paid digital ads to um, in Twitter uh, and LinkedIn mostly. Yeah, I guess it's that classic bootstrappers dilemma, isn't it? That you know you want to start by spending as little as possible, get some validation around the idea, um, and then get marketing rolling as cheaply as possible uh, until the thing starts to take off, and then you can start to reinvest some of that money in in growing it. Um, and that sounds pretty much like the 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 route that you guys are taking. So, you know, going forward, you know, what are the channels that you perhaps haven't done yet, but would, you know, look to do if you had, uh, you know, a bit, a bit more money to invest or, or um, you know, with time? Yeah. Um, so I think for us, the interesting, the interesting thing is we are very specifically serving 
the low end of this market. We, we want to serve the early stage startup from the day they sort of first conceptualize their idea until hopefully if they're successful, uh, maybe they get to $5 million in revenue. But at some point, if we rode along with them for that journey, they would outgrow our product and we would frankly expect them to move on to a series of other solutions. And that's, that's totally fine. That's the, the battle that we've chosen. What that means, though, is we do have to acquire customers very, very cost-effectively. Um, we, we do have a low price point product, uh, and we are in a market with a lot of competition. So we're never going to be able to go out and run you know, paid advertising on keywords like email marketing or CRM <laughs> or subscription billing. Um, we'll just get killed by our, our venture-funded competitors. Yeah. Um, so I, I think content will always be um, a, a big part of our, our plan. Um, honestly, being on podcasts like this with you helps a lot. Uh, and one of the things that um, I've really invested more time in recently, which I, I think is sort of a growing channel that people don't talk a whole lot about, um, is just sort of comment marketing and, and being part of um, some of these communities where a high, high volume of SaaS founders live. So whether that's, um, you know, private Slack groups with founders of other SaaS companies or sites like Indie Hackers, um, we've seen a lot of value just from having a presence on those sites, you know, really engaging with those communities and being as helpful as possible. Uh, and people, you know, start to figure out who you are and, and say this person has some idea what they're talking about uh, and circle back and, and give outside a look when they have a need for software. So I think those are, are going to be pillars of our uh, growth strategy going forward. That sounds great and uh, sounds eminently sensible, too. Um, so in terms of where Outsetter is going now, is the product fully rounded out as far as you guys are concerned or is there you know more things in the pipeline bells and whistles to add or sure. things that you feel are missing uh that that are holding the product back or, or feel that you know you feel that is needed sure good good question um there's obviously always stuff to build and uh, i am sort of the biggest power user of the product still um so i have a never-ending list of things that i'm asking my, my co-founders, Dave and Dimitri, to build. Um, but, but in short, um, we've delivered far beyond our, our MVP at this point, and we've delivered all the core pieces of functionality that we set out to deliver. Um, so there is a, a CRM system and a sales pipeline management set of features. Um, we have email marketing. We have chat. We have a help desk. We have subscription billing and management. And those are the sort of key pieces of functionality that we, we set out to build. What we're doing going forward is basically taking each of them a step deeper now. So we're, we're not going to be building features, like I said, to, to move up market. Um, but we think we have sort of the skeleton and the basic functionality in place now. Uh, and we just want to add a few more bells and whistles so we have closer to feature parity with, with some of the tools that we compete against. So an example, and this is something I, I get all the time during sales conversations, uh, people come to me and you know, they say, why would I use Outsetter's email marketing tool as opposed to something like MailChimp? Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things that they call out is, you know, MailChimp has a hundred different templates I can choose from. And the reality was in, you know, the early days of Outsetter, we had one. Uh, we now offer three or allow you to design your own. Uh, but I'm sort of advocating for, for customers or suggesting to customers, yes, we don't have feature parity. We don't have those hundred email templates 
but how many of those hundred are you actually going to use? And do they matter? You know, do those other 97 templates really have an impact on your revenue in the early days of your business? Uh, and that's the bet that we're, we're trying to make. There are some, you know, trade-offs with, with using the platform, but if you look at the relative cost and the benefits of all of the tools being integrated from day one, uh, we think it's a pretty compelling product. So you're a, a, a bootstrapped SaaS product for SaaS bootstrappers. <laughs> That's right. It, it's, uh, it makes it really, really easy, um, you know, both to figure out what to build. Certainly a lot of it uh, has come from our own past experience. And, and really the idea for Outseta um, came from another company that, that I worked at that was called Buildium uh, in, in Boston. Um, my now co-founder, Dimitri, uh, largely built an early version of, of Buildium, to, of uh, Outsetter rather, to support the growth of that business. And we turned around and said, hey, there's nothing like this on the market. I think this would be useful to other companies. Um, but for me, the marketer too, it's, it's particularly uh, easy to attack this market because I am the target market and my co-founders are the target market. And we know, you know where other people like us um, hang out online and in person, and it's just an easy market to get at. Yeah, absolutely. So as a, uh, you know, a, a former and still uh, active uh, SaaS growth consultant who's sure. now growing his own bootstrapped SaaS, uh, what marketing, marketing advice would you give to uh, any SaaS bootstrappers watching or, or listening about how they need to get started in, in marketing? Yes, we're asking for free advice here. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's totally fine. Um, I think the big thing that I've tried to be an advocate for, and I think I was headed down this path um, even before Outseta and, and my own experience growing Outseta, but Outseta has certainly reinforced it, is I'm trying to get more people and the companies that we talk to that are looking at Outseta to focus on activation over acquisition. Um, Mark Roberge, the original CRO or, or head of sales at, at HubSpot uh, has a framework that, that he's used to advise SaaS startups where he says you need to focus on customer success first, getting your customer to adopt your product in earnest and figure out how to be successful with it. Then you need to figure out the unit economics and the viability of the business model second, and then you need to focus on growth third. And I think so many companies have that backwards and immediately start to focus on growth, maybe because they have limited runway or whatever their reasons. And ultimately that's what puts them out of business because they, you know, burn too much money too quickly, or they start to acquire customers that aren't good fit customers. Um, and really just putting the focus on activation over, over acquisition is probably the first thing. Um, similarly, I really like this concept of resonance is, is more important than reach. Uh, I think there's so many marketers out there, in particular, that look at the size of their email list as this magic metric, and they do all sorts of things to grow their list, whether it's putting, you know, excellent intent pop-ups on their site or chat pop-ups on their site. And while those things, you know, are effective and have been proven to, to grow your list, the size of your list does not matter. I, I would much rather have, um, you know, somebody or a company with an email list of 200 people that sends out an email and gets, you know, 10 thoughtful responses back than a company that has a list of thousands of people that just aren't as engaged. So 
I think those are the two things that I'm trying really hard to, to practice myself and preach to the companies that I advise. I think both of those are very smart observations. I really do appreciate uh, the thought that went into those. So uh, you're, you're working part of the time uh, on your own consulting still and part of the time on uh, Outsetter. How, do you, how, are you jugg- how are you juggling those things? How are you getting on with that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough. Um, so from a consulting perspective, um, you know, all of my clients that I consult with understand that I'm working on Outsetta and splitting my time between the two. Uh, and one of the things that's helped me um, is really trying to look for long-term consulting engagements where I'm basically a fully integrated member of the teams that I work with just in a part-time capacity. Um, and it's helpful for, you know, for me as a founder, it gives me some semblance of, of sanity and stability, but I think it also benefits the, the company in the sense that I'm going to be around long enough where I can, you know, see all of my recommendations um, actually implemented and track the results and optimize and that kind of thing. Um, so that's, that's definitely been part of it. Um, I've tried at least with, with my co-founders. Um, so we're, we're working three days a week on Outsider right now. Uh, and we make that Monday, Wednesday, Friday and try to do our consulting work as much as possible on, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, that, that is a tough schedule to stick to, but we, we try to stick to that as much as possible. And that's definitely helped too. Excellent. Um, Jeff, it's been uh, fantastic to uh, hear about Outsetter and uh, about how you've got this thing started, uh, the markets that, uh, the market that you're playing in, uh, and how you're using your experience uh, as a growth consultant to actually grow this uh, new business, in which you're a co-founder, in a, in a sustainable way. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. It was my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jeff. For more info on Outsetter, please visit www.outsetter.com. For more info about this show and to get our links to iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher and YouTube, check out www.47insights.com. And if you have any SaaS marketing insights that you'd like to share on the show, please get in touch. Until next time.